It's high noon, everybody. Hi, it's noon. I'm so excited. You're listening to mutinyradio.fm in .sf, but today we are streaming, zooming from around the world, from Edinburgh, Glasgow, and beyond. Also, you're in San Francisco. Choose Poetry, Choose Life with Aaron Gannon, Andy Talbot, guest hosts, zooming in from all the way over there in Europe. I'm also going to be there, your host, Pam Benjamin, special, special cow poems today from Carolyn Hashimoto. I'm going to read some Nietzsche. I've been getting pretty deep. Enjoy some Kope, the Japanese Bjork, while we get everything set up. And choose poetry, choose life, everybody. Thanks for supporting Mutiny Radio. We have a mighty fund right now if you want to have tax deductions. I mean, it doesn't work for your last year's taxes, but it'll work for next year's taxes. It's a 501c3 umbrella that we are under with Media Alliance. When you donate through the Mighty Cause, if you have a fancy pants job that matches, oh, you can get corporate matching because it's all like on the up and up, you know? So, cool, cool. Uh, Keeping Mutiny Radio alive. It's exciting. Choose poetry. Choose life. Today. Connectivity, sounds, and issues. Oh, goodness. Sorry about that. Radio listening audience? All right. Okay. Hey, Mutiny Radio listening audience. We're doing it. Hey, everybody. Hey everybody. Sorry hey about everybody. that court sound. Okay, cool. 
It seems like it was show, didn't we? Am I insane? Yeah, you had an outstanding yeah. feature on the March show, come yeah, to think of it. It was yeah, March. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh my god. You're, where was this? Did you put it on Facebook? Your list of like submissions versus acceptances versus pending. I can't even. Like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I just submit something to a place I know is going to accept it and then that's done. Well, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> is that... I mean, there's not a lot of places I know that are. Yeah, that tends to be the problem. <laughs> and they eventually get tired of me, so... Seriously? been going, Carolyn. Felicity Storm? Uh, There's another word for it, but I, I can't remember. I don't know. I mean, I guess that was it. <laughs> the event that we had. <laughs> um, no, I thought that bar was kind of crazy. The what? We Carolyn had a book launch, and then we went to a bar afterwards that had a hey. sign outside yeah. that basically really looked like a strip bar. Like, Nice. Like, it was like purple and green fluorescent. Wow. Oh. Huge inside. Oh my god, it was such a there. Which was nice. Wow. Then you're like spread out and whatever. Yeah. Felt more like a social club or something. I thought like like a, like the the rugby, the rugby club, I guess. Right. Here. Or like a bowling club or something. The workers club, yeah. <laughs> I've been to one of, I've been inside one of those. There, it was very interesting. But it does seem like a repurpose, definitely. Mm. What's it called? I can't remember. Were any cows there? Clockwork? <laughs> Clockwork, yeah. Cows <laughs> there. Sadly, no. I have heard that the, that the very first place that I ever topless danced, which was called Cheeks, <laughs> and, on Cerrillos Boulevard in New Mexico is being shut down. Oh. Yes, they have. It's just <laughs> the, uh, every time I think you can't surprise me with the start of a sentence more. Does the shutdown have anything to do with your dancing? And well, that was twenty. Son. It was more than twenty years ago, I think. Holy. <laughs> Well, it was more than 20 years ago, but less than 30 and, years And it's feeling the effects even now. Even now. I guess, like, somebody got shot there a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Whatever, like, <laughs> but um, the thing was... Not by one of the dancers, I hope. I don't, you know what? I don't know the story, actually. Like, but I have a, a good friend who lives I'm in... Bot boobs, that's what it is. But uh, the reason why that ever happened is because I was working at the only gay bar Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I had been there three months and knew, like, everyone, like, we knew everybody in the bar, and I had become really good friends, who then later, I, you know, I was friends with until he died of, um, like, HIV-related prostate cancer in 2016, 
like he and I were sitting at the bar. We were like, there's got to be, this can't be it. Like, there's got to be more cool people in Santa Fe. And he was like, I'll bet they're all like sheiks. <laughs> he thought that maybe there would like, I don't know, like that maybe there would be like some kind of like, that the, like, the, the cool people in Santa Fe had like ironically decided to gather at sheiks so that like no one would ever expect like suspect that they were there so we went to check it out and i was so the dancing was so abysmal and i ended up talking to some of the dancers in the bedroom or in the bathroom and i was like oh you should do it you should do it so my manager's name was elmo and after (laughs) after two weeks he put me on suspension for being uppity and i was like who the hell uses the word uppity what is this, 1865, like, Alabama? Like, well, as I understand it, they really treat the dancers pretty poorly. And, you know, they have, they have to make them pay all the servers and cash out and stuff like that. Oh, you yeah. know, it's, you know, it's, you know, I mean. They're a rough bunch in and of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's all this, like, packing order. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, if somebody's going to take their clothes off, but you got to at least treat them fairly and pay them for it. One would just... say, Yeah. <laughs> John Wessick, feminist. <laughs> I have horror stories about the various San Francisco bars because my friend back in the like 90s when websites were first starting, yeah. he got a contract to build all the websites, like say for the O'Farrell. Like, oh. is, is it still called the O'Farrell? The O'Farrell's. Yeah, actually, it yeah. is still open, and it's yeah. on right down from is between that the Gary one that and organized in San Francisco. Was that no, the, no, no, that's the Lusty Lady. That's oh, the okay, Lusty yeah. Lady. Yeah, yeah. The Lusty Lady was unusual, also, in this because it was one of those really old school ones where you put a quarter in, and then the oh. window thing came up, and all the girls were like, kind of like in the stage, like the Madonna video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Open your heart to me. It was like a 13, 12-year-old boy, and she's a stripper, and they're, like, skipping down the street. I'm like, what is is happening in this music video? Like, Madonna, what are you doing? I I love that. I love that song. That's a precursor to the sex book. (laughs) Right? I was like, is it her cousin? It's not her kid. I don't think that was weird. That was really weird. I was talking about blaming her, not blaming her, but like holding her somewhat responsible for the fact that like people don't actually write music or lyrics anymore and instead just take phrases and like plug them into like some sort of like generator, melody generator that then they layer up and like it's all no Auto tune. Um, I love Carolyn's hashtag Moo Too is so funny. If you see that in her background, hashtag Moo Too. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. You're so clever. <laughs> I want to make little badges. I'm going to try and make badges, I think. I was looking at eBay for like a little machine to make badges. It's just so Badges, we don't need no clever. stinking badges. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to do that when everybody says, someone says badges. Oh, yeah. I see that. Sure, is Andy coming today? Is Andy Talbot on his way to Zoom with us today? Is. That's like, I, I feel like... I think he's at work. 
I got two different. I got two different impressions. I feel like maybe we should go with the one. Yes. I asked. I asked him outright, and he okay. said, "Gone late this week." Oh. Okay. All right. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Carolyn, there's a link for you on the in the chat. That's who I use. They're local to me. They're genuinely really good. They're the only place we use for that. Oh, badges and stickers, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, they're really, really good. They're local to me. That's how I got my, um, if you bought the grad pack for my book, you'll have got a, a button badge in it. Ooh. Some people got them as well. And um, I couldn't send them to anybody who ordered from the States. I didn't dare. Glasses was a shop. I can't, I couldn't send it. But, um, oh, I, yeah, I was like, huh? Because it's a pin. They've done. They did my ones. They've done the allographic ones. They did the hammer and tongue ones. Um, really, really good. Really, really good. And quick turnaround too. Well, there we go. Um, okay, so Carolyn, what do you think you want to do? Do you want to like go before the break? Do you want to go after the break? Do you want to go now? What do you That's want to do? Matters. What's your plan? Uh, I, my plan was to ask you what you wanted to do. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> normally how we've done it is like we we start off. Well, actually, I, I there's no. I mean, I could pop up some ekphrasis if we want to. I'm even better now that I'm thinking of it. Like I could, we could even do tarot card phrases or tarot phrases. And I could just go get my tarot card. I, I also I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna um, read anything today. I was gonna actually read something. For, I've been reading Nietzsche a lot of Nietzsche lately, and I found something really strangely inspirational. If you wanted to do uh, Ooh, some, something Nietzsche based phrases? Nietzsche phrases, <laughs> that I could, love it. Do you want to do that? It's crazy. I, I totally think we should okay, do cool. that. I've been practicing this um, this little monologue. I actually thought, oh, I should memorize this. Uh, there's a lot in Nietzsche okay. that I want to memorize, but uh, it's pretty crazy. What book are you reading? Uh, Thus spoke Zarathustra, greatest... with the oh, with the uh, with the best quote: "If you're going out and you're going to meet an old woman, be sure to carry your whip." Uh, he was. I, I just the things he says about whip. The other one I love it. He says something like, um, "Women are the greatest riddle, and the solution to that riddle is pregnancy." As if love that guy. Either. Love that guy. Okay. Um, he is eminently quotable. Like, he, I don't, I think I got maybe like a quarter through Thus Fake like years ago, but I remember reading Ece Homo and just like highlighting almost every other Oh, one. I have so much highlighted and underscored. Okay, so here's the passage. It's called The Heaviest Burden, and it's a nice little. What if a demon crept after you one day? or night in your loneliest solitude and said to you, this life as you live it now and have lived, you will have to live again and again times without number and there will be nothing new in it. But every pain and every joy and every thought and every sigh and all the unspeakably small and great in your life must return to you. And everything in the same series and sequence. And in the same way this spider and this moonlight among the trees and in the same, this moment, and I myself, the eternal hourglass of existence will be turned again and again, and you with it, you dust of dust. Would you not throw yourself down and gnash your teeth and curse the demon who thus spoke? Or have you experienced a tremendous moment 
in which you would have answered him, you are a God, and I never did I hear anything more divine. If this thought gained power over you, it would, as you are now, transform and perhaps crush you. The question in all and everything, do you want this again and again, times without number? Would lie as the heaviest burden upon all your actions, or how well disposed toward yourself and toward life would you have to become to have no greater desire than for this ultimate eternal sanction and seal? Hmm. Okay. Finish on to next paper. There you go. There's a little Nietzsche for you. It's 816. So why don't we do so we do like how many minutes do you think we should have for that? Well, I think we should have like uh, several lifetimes. <laughs> what do we usually do? Eight, right? Yeah. Uh, let's do eight. Okay. okay. Here we go. Ready go. Yeah. Uh, hey, Mutiny Radio listener, we're going to do our phrases for eight minutes. I'm going to let the cope roll, and we'll be right back with everybody reading their poems on CPCL, Choose Poetry, Choose Life.
the way we work at a computer.
I feel like it's been eight minutes. Feels like it's been eight minutes. Here on Mutiny Radio. Dot FM and Dot SF. CPC out. Choose poetry. Choose life. Waiting for the X races to be done from the Nietzsche reading. Since I've got you captive, I might as well tell you about Atlas Cafe on Saturday at 2 p.m. Come on down, 20th and Alabama. Hilarious comedians. Great sandwiches. Oh, my God. Their turkey bacon avocado is mind-blowing. <laughs> good. It's really good. Like the, the thing is, like, um, 
they use such good ingredients that it's hard to mess up. They're really generous with their avocados. All right. So go check them out. Get some comedy on a Saturday. And also the Valencia Art Corridor. We've been partnering with them. We're going to have on Saturday the 23rd of April and Saturday the 7th of May. You can go check out comedians all day and bands and all kinds of stuff. And the sun's going to be out. It's going to be amazing. Yay. San Francisco's coming back. All right. I know this has to have been eight minutes. I'm watching Erin on her Zoom, and she's intense. to have been eight minutes. Aaron, it has to have been eight minutes. No? It's been more than eight minutes. How many minutes are in eight minutes? Boop, 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 boop. Sorry, radio listening audience. This is Has it not been more than eight minutes? Yeah, I think so. So it is eight. It's actually eight. 
Finishing my sentence. Yeah, I've got one. I can read it if you want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Eternal blah. That job in a shoe store, learning and forgetting algebra again and again. Painful goodbye from a college girlfriend. Resumes, rejection letters, a career of canceled projects. Wisdom forgotten won't change the wheel of karma. At the dice table of samsara, environment always. <laughs> Thanks. I took a similar direction, uh, at least with the humor. Uh, this is Sands. And I would again and again, Marlena spoke her green devil eyes. Who is listening in the afternoon? Would you repeat? I am an hourglass. The sands sparkle glinting moments. Half a glass of milk spilled for mica table belt. No spoon. Enduring each nugget of drama, to relive the beach, a backflip. Your elegant toes one inch from mine digging in sand, a shell. The sunlight fading, back seat of that 69 Mustang with the top down. Let's pretend it's 1957 so we can listen to the stars without static. Anybody else? Mine's a rant, so I feel like it doesn't matter. Rant, 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 rant. I tried to find like um, I like remembered some and wrote down a bit of like some like word snatches of words as you were reading, and then I tried to find like the larger quotes, and I found like a thing that had excerpts of the book on it, and it was like, so I'm I think I went off on a different. And it was, of course, Nietzsche bitching about fucking Christianity and like the cult of the Bible. So, yeah, yeah here's my rant. <clears throat> Abusers abuse and their survivors are set free, only to be abused yet again by those who escape their fate. I see you were tortured, and I am going to push you down and kick you again, because this is the cycle of abuse. It is not over once you leave your torment. For then you are to suffer at the hands of everyone to whom you tell your tale. Sometimes they will see this as an opening to commit similar torment. Other times, in attempts to help, they will scream at you about low self-esteem or your already shattered state. Too afraid to listen to the story of how you arrived in your prison because the story might expose how easily it could have been them in your place. Remember, if you are raped, you never want a you never want women on your jury they will blame you Ooh. <laughs> what were you wearing 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> How many drinks did you have? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Victim blaming. Woo. Well, I just watched this thing the other night where it was like they were saying how um, in Poland, after they had released people from Auschwitz, these people like just, you know, had nowhere to fucking go. Right. Because they had been in Auschwitz and like they showed up in uh, some Polish city. I don't think it was Zakopane because I think I would remember that. But like they were and then the people in the city just started beating the shit out of the people who were, had just left the concentration camp. And, like, huh. I realized at that moment that, like, being abused post-abuse, like, you know how, like, they say, like, they've finally, over the last, like, what, like, 20 years, I guess, have started to realize that relapsing is actually part of the recover as a part of recovery, as opposed to, like, some big moral failing that, like, relapse actually is kind of part of the, 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 the ecology the journey, of recovery. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the post abuse abuse is like my new theory is post abuse abuse is part of the ecology of like the cycle of abuse. That's my new theory. But, gotcha. You know, I have to finish my PhD to work. No, that makes sense about the relapsing, because. Well, I think I think it's the uh, the victim blaming is part of the this just world fallacy. In other words, you know the. The thing that happened, that the thing that happened can't really be wrong because the world's right. So therefore, the victim must have done something wrong, and they deserve it. Well, yeah, I. But I mean, the in particular, like things like, like, you know, you like you really actually don't want women on the jury, or like for instance, if you had a child that was kidnapped or something, the people are going to be more harsh. The People are going to be more harshly judged. The mother who's just turned around and then her kid disappeared at the grocery store are going to be other mothers because they're they're going to, their inner defenses are not going to allow them to yeah. deal with the fear that that could easily have fucking been them that they yeah. turned around for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makes so sense. Like, yeah, yeah. It's sad, but uh, it makes sense. It's like a it's a defense mechanism against healing your own sure. vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a yeah. combination of like what you're saying and what I'm saying. But uh, I they think we're saying the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Did anyone else Anyways, have any ekphrasis? Yeah. It was. Uh, it's a really good line, though. <laughs> um, I do understand what you said about the relapse, though, because if you don't relapse, you don't have the opportunity to say, "Ooh, I don't want this anymore." You know, right, exactly. it's like when you stop drinking and then have a night going out of drinking and then the next day it's like oh there that's why that's why i don't do that anymore right exactly so yeah and then hopefully though if it's heroin gary's a a bad influence pam gary's a bad (laughs) influence yeah (laughs) i love my my sourdough starter gary i made sober i can't i baked sober i can't believe i did that i don't usually do that but uh uh so did anyone, did so Carolyn have any? More crazy, or do you want to read? Does anybody have new shit? I have some new shit. Your show, baby doll. You <laughs> organize it up. It's all good. We're close. You, yeah, you came up with the, the Nietzsche phrases, which I think we should do more of. But next time when we do Nietzsche phrases or anything of that nature, 
think we should have it like written we'll out. Type it up. So yeah. We, yeah. So we can put it up on the screen like right there. Um, all right. Hold on a second. Like this. How's the musical going? Well, I just turned in my preliminary and like um, a preliminary submission for my annual progress review for review by my huge. So it has a lot of, it has a lot of nature in it. Okay. So the first one, I'm not sure about this title. So, but is, um, and it's possibly the opening piece of the entire, like the entire thing. Um, it's called, okay. So anyways, it goes, it always starts with a dream. Sleep dreams slip away like an acquaintance dying. You miss them, but only due to the imagined potential. The songs I wrote all came to me in dreams. It's all oh so Stevie, I know, but they permeated and I knew I needed to remember the words, the beat, the melody, but I couldn't get the pen and paper fast enough. So those songs are truly unsatisfactory, disappointing constructions of a thing more beautiful than what I managed to bring back to the corporeal to the corporeal plane. This is always inspiration, the art dream. These deaths we've been lamenting forever. This, uh, the idea is never, ever as good as the thought once it's translated into language, which destroys the idea before it can leave your body. Then there's the work in which the dream dies further as you begin, as you begin to manifest it. Those of us with visions are apparently incapable of resisting. So we fly and we live. And so we fly and we live the rhythmic burn and we damn ourselves for what we know is a failure. But we get up and do it again. We are Pete Townsend with blood dripping down our hands and arms from fingertips, or sorry, our hand, dripping down our hands and arms from fingertips shredded by guitar strings near tears, but we are never close. Actually, I feel like I should. That's a, that's like a question here. Like, I feel like, um, sorry, really questions. Do, do, do. Hi, little man, you're so cute. Big picture. Do you have a picture of Pete Townsend with the shredded fingers? Indeed, <laughs> I do. Do you really? I was like, if that's what you have, that's fucking rad. See? Oh my oh. god! It's what it's like to me. This is like an a, like a like a rock and roll I, like iconography or like a holy relic. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's like a religious item to me. Because, like, you know he's not. He's, that's what would happen to him. And then next, the next fucking night, he'd get up and do it again. You so, know you I mean? know how Roger Daltrey would always, like, you know, swing the microphone around and on the court yeah. and things like that? You think he ever, like, hit anybody in the head with the microphone? <laughs> and that? I can't imagine that he didn't. Like, like, I haven't, like, I've only read, I'm still waiting to read, like, I haven't read Pete's, um, autobiography yet i've only read the biography about the ox but like or john, john paul jones no that's led zeppelin 
Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so yeah, this, this is the picture I'm referring to. So I'm not sure if like, if I start the play, if I start the rock opera off with that particular poem, should I have Pete Townsend in the back? Or should I have a picture of me, like basically with the same pose with like blood all down my hands? Oh, I like, I like the picture of you. Like yeah, that, I think you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. John Entwistle, that was the basis. Yeah, John Entwistle, that's his name. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. I, have a, I have a different perspective theatrically. It depends if okay. it's, if it's, if, if this piece is specifically about you and that's the purpose, or is it something that can be written and then somebody else could take it somewhere else? It could be on Broadway. It could be somewhere else. If you oh, right. personalize it to yeah. you with the picture in the background, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. have to be the person on stage, unless it's a choice that you let the director, that you say whoever's playing this main character. I mean, once you have this written, why shouldn't it go to Broadway or somewhere or San well, Francisco? Geez, okay, so the weird thing about the weird thing about what you're bringing up is that the piece that I just read is the first formal. Like, remember how like I told you like they were they wanted me to be in it and I was refusing. Now I'm the narrator. Uh -huh. So the poem I just read is is I'm gonna I. Because they wanted me in the play, I'm in it now, and that's my that's my first. Yeah. If like that's to open the play, then it's gonna it is gonna be me doing it because like they wanted, like they wanted me to be in the play, like so. You know, there's also a copyright uh, permission issue too. That's what I was thinking. Oh. That's, that's the other thing I was thinking too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I probably could email Pete Townsend with the poem and just be like, can I use this picture? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you might be able to get away with it a little bit, but if it, you know, goes big, then suddenly, you know, you get noticed and then, you know, you but know if you I, see but if I copy it, if I copy it, or like if it goes somewhere, if it goes elsewhere and somebody else plays the narrator character, then there's no reason to stop them from making yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, if it's, if it's your picture, you have the rights to right, it, and exactly, you're fine, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just that if you're using Pete's picture, you'd have to, you know, obtain permission. You could also do kind of an Andy Warhol kind of thing and take the picture and have it somehow recreated, you know, like... Right drawn or redone yeah, so, or changed some, somehow, in some way. Somehow that, well, if, if, you're, if you're messing with, if you're just modifying the picture, somehow that might run into issues. Really? Okay. I think it's... Oh, I yeah. I mean, you know, know how, often, how often people get tagged for it, I think a lot of it flies under the radar. But, yeah, you know, no, if, you sure. know if this thing's going to be on Broadway like we're expecting, then you have to be able to play it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and also it is, I was right, it is a... It is an Annie Leibovitz photo, so it's not like you're fucking with a photographer who's unknown or you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, you'd have yeah. to, you know. I mean, <laughs> there might be a way. There might be a way to get a permission for it. Well, it's a great poem, um, and I didn't even know that picture existed, but I saw the picture Isn't in my head because awesome? of the poem that you read. So it made the. But then I, I was like, oh, so it is a real picture. That's fucking cool. Um, do you have more? I have another one if you guys want to hear it. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, so this one moves the plot forward in terms of, um, well, in, in, anyways. 
prose uh, you may remember from earlier readings there i had a poem called prose stick out the window and hit hit a guitar player so now this one is the sequel throw a stick out the window and hit the right guitar player um i'll share screen just for this because it's a tragic book to add um weed whites and wine outlaw country band needs lead Seeking the love child of Waylon Jennings and Mick Taylor with the rockabilly swing. We do originals and covers ranging from Wanda Jackson to Merle Haggard to Bonnie Raitt. Textures with harmonies and a ballsy blues chick singer must drink whiskey. <laughs> so then, <laughs> these are highly fictionalized because unfortunately Microsoft deleted all of every fucking, all the archives that I had saved for 15 years this entire project. Wayland's, oh, so the response was, Wayland's the master of the Telecaster and Mick Taylor is a god. I'm from Fresno where we learn how to play Mama Tried before we even know how to ask for our Wheaties. I've been playing up and down the California Delta for 20 years and still live in Fresno, but I'm planning on moving to the city soon. I serve papers for a living, so my time is flexible. I'm looking to play in a gigging band. I'm not interested in a permanent residency in someone's basement. Uh -huh. We'll look forward to hearing from you, Owen Boyle. So then the poem that goes with it is, The devil makes you do it the first time, which is a line from a Bill Jennings song. He looked like a demon had mated with a hairy Krishna, Fu Manchu beard, a look not yet adopted by the thrash crowd, and a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, oily Birkenstocks, and sweatpants that came down to his shins. No socks. Right. His tan resembled the sheen of a homeless of a homeless dirt of the homeless dirt a tweaker gets, and that's just Fresno all over. It might have been a flying V he carried with the oversized amp that always comes with a flying V. The room was already buzzing. Well, we all were, anyways. What with Thomas's perpetually stocked Jim Bean bar, I don't remember anything but a pick scraping down the E string to start. He jumped right in with his metal hillbilly shtick. Raw, exuberant, he jammed. We were to learn that this is how this shit plays. You know from the first note. We knew from the first note. Owen Goyle had driven five hours from Fresno ready to growl. Pent up strength sprang from his crunched cords, plugged directly into his amp like an alien midget Ed Nugent. And there we were with our sound. We didn't need to, but we looked around sky nodding at each other, and pushed that Wayland cover over the edge. Oh, Black Rose. The devil made me do it the first time, the second time. The second time, we did it on our own. The band was home. So those are my new. <laughs> was that pretty close to the real Craigslist, or did you make that up? Because it was funny. I kind of had to, I kind of had to make them up, because like, like I sort of remember, but I sort of don't. Do you know what I mean? Like there's certain things. Is I like my like I said, Microsoft. I saved everything and Microsoft deleted the entire fucking hotmail account. They deleted your hotmail account? I still use my hotmail yeah, account. I had been saving it since fucking two thousand. I'm not joking. I've and had my two thousand fifteen. Like it were no, it was like two thousand seventeen, right after I decided to do this as my project for my PhD. I opened up that email account and everything was, it had been emptied out. That's crazy. I know. So I kind of had to make, I kind of had to recreate everything. 
Well, it's I mean, clever and funny. The, the flying V with the amp line, like there are a couple of things you did where I laughed out loud. I was like, that's really funny. So that's, cool. I'm excited for your, your rock opera. Well, it will be next June. Are you sure you don't want to just remain a graduate student forever? <laughs> I do. The, world, the, world, the working world is no good anyway. You know? The next just... thing I would, you know, like the next thing I want to do is I would love to do the history of journalism, like the, oh. the, the birth and death of journalism. Oh, my God. That's so interesting. Yeah, because there is no they'll, journalism they'll, they'll anymore. Keep, they'll keep you busy exactly. for another five years. And, I you know. know and... Because those are my two, like, you know, while I was doing this, while I was doing the band, at the same time I was doing this band, I was covering tech, like technology in Silicon Valley. So like, they're my two deals. You know what I mean? Yeah, journalism and news isn't isn't two, news anymore. Those are the two new pieces. Thanks for listening. Yay! <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to find out. Um, throw Keith Moon's drumstick at him. <laughs> I'm totally stealing that, John. I'm sorry. Hey, you're welcome to it. <laughs> you know about oh. my Keith Moon poems, right? Like the ghost Keith, the, the like it's on the back shelf, but I have like a series of sonnets where I have a relationship with ghost Keith Moon. Oh, that's lovely. And like we spur each other, like we spur each other on getting in trouble. Like, oh. Well, just okay. just don't have just just stay away from uh, Jim Morrison. Oh my God. Okay, like late, like I have so much to say about that. I was during the break, but anyway, <laughs> who wants to go next? I have two new ones. Okay, cool. Okay, these these are part of my bad book report series. Oh my God, what? Yes, they're part of my bad book report series uh, here. Um, this is called. Uh, Bad Book Reports, a separate piece, right? Did you have to read John Knowles, a separate piece? Am I still... All right, here we go. While war rages in Europe, Gene Forrester shares a room with his friend Finney at a boarding school. Gene is bookish and introverted, while Finney is outgoing and athletic. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Rocco Williams parachutes behind enemy lines with a company of elite soldiers from the 82nd Airborne. His mission, infiltrate the cougar's lair and eliminate Professor Dr. Gerhard Schroeder, chief architect of Hitler's atomic bomb project. The only other soldier in the company who knows the objective is Sergeant Derek Chainsaw Maker. McGurk got his nickname from the way he handles a Browning automatic rifle. He demonstrates this when the company encounters a German patrol not long after landing. Unfortunately, Lieutenant Williams gets wounded during the firefight. They make their way to a nearby village and rendezvous with their local contact. Not only is Ilsa smoking hot, but she is Professor Dr. Gerhard Schroeder's daughter. She informs Lieutenant Williams that the good professor wishes to defect, so the lieutenant changes the plan. Dressed as laborers, the company infiltrates the cougar's lair. SS Hauptsturmfuhrer Girdle suspects the new arrivals. Sergeant McGurk replies to questioning in fluent Italian and states that his comrades are all deaf-mutes. 
Colonel Testis by firing his Luger next to Lieutenant Williams' ear. Satisfied, Girdle lets the con company continue. It's no skin off his nose as the half-life for survival in the Nazi plutonium mine is less than 24 hours. In the mine, the company incapacitates their guards with dozens of kicks to the face. They learn from a Muay Thai boxer who'd fled Japanese persecution. Taking the guards' MP40 submachine guns, they make their way to the professor's office. But with Girdle and a team of Nazis hot on their trail, not only is Ilsa smoking hot and Professor Dr. Gerhard Schroeder's daughter, but she's also an excellent pilot. Lieutenant Williams and the company remain behind to provide cover fire while she, Professor Dr. Schroeder, and Sergeant McGurk make their way to an Arado AR-234 jet bomber parked on the runway. The three take off in the bomber. Sergeant McGurk uses his machine gun skills to become an ace in just 15 minutes by downing a half-dozen Messerschmitt 109s. Despite some tense moments, with hundreds of RAF Spitfires, Ilso lands the jet in London and delivers her father and the latest Nazi technology to the Allies. Lieutenant Williams and the rest of the company receive posthumous bronze stars for bravery. Back at the boarding seat, Finney falls out of a tree or something. <laughs> Okay, so I've got another one called uh, Smoking uh, uh, Bad Book Reports Jane Eyre, if you want to hear that. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, there we go. Bad Book Reports Jane Eyre. Orphan Jane Eyre lives a depressing life at Gateshead Hall under the care of her relatives. Her time as a student at the Lowood Institution is even more dismal. Meanwhile, the Marquis de Sade and his companion, Kwai Chang Yang, arrive at the village of La Chemise as the townsfolk are about to burn a woman as a witch. De Sade's reputation as a libertine is only a cover. In reality, he's a superhuman vampire hunter whose scientist father sent him to Earth in a rocket ship after planet Lipton's destruction. A kindly family of wine growers raised him as their own on a vineyard in the Loire Valley until he entered the service of Louis XIV. Yang is a Buddhist monk who trained in the martial arts at the Shaolin Temple. He fled China with a price on his head after killing the emperor's nephew in a duel. Sad tells the townsfolk to leave the woman alone, but they refuse, so they, he sends Yang to defeat them with his martial arts knowledge of backflip somersaults and kicks the face. After seeing three dozen citizens bruised and unconscious, the mayor apologizes for the misunderstanding and takes Desaad to a brothel. Desaad has sex with dozens of women while Yang drinks tea and discusses philosophy. Belle de Jour is the only courtesan who can keep up with the Marquis. Not only is she smoking hot, but she's the sister of the woman Desaad saved. The following night, Desaad goes to visit Belle, but the brothel is closed. As they walk back to the inn under the light of a full moon, a dozen wolves attack. Desaad and Yang defeat them using laser vision and kicks to the face, which are much easier since wolves' heads are closer to the ground. The wolves turn back to humans when the sun rises. One of the attackers is the mayor. 
Under questioning, he reveals that the town is composed of two feuding clans of werewolves. The mayor leads the clan that turns into wild animals that attack humans and livestock. Bell leads the clan that turns into great Pyrenees dogs who want nothing more than to lie in front of the fireplace and occasionally bark at the mailman. Desad and Yang help Bill Dejour defeat the bad werewolves and the remaining townsfolk elect their mayor. Back in England, after a slog through a series of dreary events, Jane Eyre gets married and has a baby who will no doubt work in a coal mine and die broken alone from black lung disease while the owners have orgies like those in E.H. Lawrence. Bad book report. Smoking hot kicks to the face. <laughs> How many of those do you have? Uh, I've got four of them. I've got are Gatsby. you are you gonna do any Dickens or have you done any Dickens already? Uh, I haven't done any Dickens. You know, no, I just looked at the you know, I just kinda looked at a list of the most, you know, most top high school uh novels, right. you know, and got those and uh, so I got four of them. Now. Let's see. There's uh, also Lord of the Flies. Oh, that's great. Do Catcher in the Rye. Oh well. All right. So I feel like it's time we should take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll do our spotlight. We'll put our spotlight spotlight on. Oh. All so. right. All right, Mutiny Radio listening audience. That we're going to take a little break from CPCL. I'm going to put on some uh, mutiny radio stuff. Probably some, uh, some, uh, flat black plastic from last week. is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. I go out for a walk, I drop in at the gallery and I say, hey, hi, how are you? Are you looking for local handcrafted leather? Survive, produce, stick it out. It's a jungle out there, so just keep working. And the phone rings, and she says, Oh, excuse me, will you? Oh, hi. How are you? How's your work? Good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, stick it out. Uh, it's not the 60s, you know. Listen, I gotta go now. Yeah, lunch would be great. Next week? Yeah, great. Very busy now, but next week would be fine. Okay, bye now. And I go to Magoo's for a bite, and I see Frank. And I go over to his table, and I say, hey, Frank, hi, how are you? How's your work? Good. Okay, yeah, mine's okay, too. You know, I'm broke, you know, but working. Listen, I gotta go. Um, okay, listen, we should really get together. Why don't you drop by sometime? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, listen, take care. Take it easy. I'll see ya. I'll call ya. Bye-bye. Bye now. And I go to a party, and everyone's sitting around wearing these party hats, and it's really awkward, and no one can think of anything to say. So we all move around fast. And it's, hi, how are you? Hey, listen, where have you been? Nice to see you. Sorry I didn't make your performance last week. Listen, we should really get together next week. You know, I'll call you. 
I'll see you. Okay. Bye bye. And I go home, and the phone rings, and it's Alan, and he says, Hey, hi. Listen, I'm going to have a show on cable TV, and it's going to be about loneliness. You know, people in the city who, for whatever sociological, psychological, philosophical reasons, just can't seem to communicate. You know, the gap. The gap. Uh, you know, it'll be a talk show, and people will phone in, but we will say at the beginning of each program, listen, don't call in with your personal problems, because we don't want to hear them. And I'm going to sleep, and it rings again, and it's Mary, and she says, Hey, Lori, hi, how are you? Listen, just call to say hi, um, and don't worry, listen, just keep working. I gotta go now, I know it's late, but uh, we should really get together next week. And listen, Lori, if you want to talk, I'll leave my answering machine on, and just give me a ring anytime. Diego used to be a guard at the Museum of Modern Art. He was on the night shift. And his job was to go around the museum and tell people to leave. Or as he put it, snap them out of their art trances. People who'd been standing in front of one thing for hours. He would jump in front of them and snap his fingers. And he'd say, time to go. Time to go. Time to go.
Choose Life here with Aaron Gannon, all the way from Scotland. Hi. And now, for our spotlight, let's the recently published Carolyn Hashimoto. Osmosis Press has published her pamphlet, her debut pamphlet, her book, How. Book, How. <laughs> Carolyn, take it away. Thank you, Aaron. Hi. Yes. So, yeah, this is my first book, special book. Yeah. So, um, How, um, which is published by Osmosis Press. Um, I'll put a link in the post in the chat later. Um, and um, I'm going to share my screen in a minute, and I'll read. Yeah, like I'm going to read from it. But in a nutshell, How is a sort of long. Um, which um, I think it's me trying to rescue a cow. It starts from a real incident where I actually saw, when I was on a walk, I saw a cow in a JCB digger. You know what a JCB digger is, right? In a bulldozer. In a bulldozer. And I saw it, and I never quite processed that properly. Um, and it was in a dairy farm, and obviously it was probably dead or dying, and certainly couldn't walk anymore. So um, I think that's where this all came from, and then it grew out of lockdown where all I could do was really go to the supermarket and then see cows on the way. I live in a really small town. And then it became this delightful sort of playground and setting where I could explore all sorts of issues like how we just consume earth, how we consume cows, how we consume women. And that's how it all comes from. Um, and it kind of drifts in and out of dream states and real states. And the narrator and the voice kind of shifts between you're forced into the body of the cow and you're on the viewer. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to share my screen. Those that are in the room. 
Actually, I just want to mention here that I think that something that might be useful for any American listeners is that cow is also used very commonly to describe women, and so much so that it's not even used in a derogatory People don't even mean it, and they don't mean it in a derogatory way, even if it sounds derogatory, like it's that ubiquitous. I think it's becoming less, like it's probably there's more protest against the use of cow, but it's still, like here in Glasgow, like it's still used. Do you know what I mean? So anyway. Oh, that's it. So it's not. So it's a. It's a. It's not an American thing then at all, and it's a British no, thing. No, no, no. Okay. If you call somebody Ameri- if you call somebody in America a cow, that'd be like fine words. Well, well, I, I think also it depends. I think the context still matters a lot here as well, and it's who you're saying to. It, I think it still has. We'll see. Yeah, I think it can. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's start. So this is cow. Um, and it's kind of like. Um, there are titles for each of the poems, but I'm just going to read it through as one long thing. I don't. I'll read. I'll just. I won't. I'll just read it. <laughs> so I don't go on. I'll just read it. In my waking dream, I. I need to move. I need. Hang on a sec. I need to get into. How do I move the? Oh, I'm not worried. Just yourself a second. Is that what you're looking for? I'm trying to because because I can see all your faces. I can't see the whole screen. So I don't know how to get rid of that. Oh, you know, in the top view, I think you can collapse. I think so, but I can't. There we go, got it, okay. In my waking dream, I. In my fantasies, I'm a naked bird, flying high in the sky. And I just can't imagine what those metal planes my grandfather told me about. In my waking dream, I'm sleeping in a nest made of hangers. In my nightmares, the hangers come alive. In my fantasies, I'm a naked quail, snacking on plankton. A gentle plankton-guzzling giant of the sea, I just can't imagine what those great big ships looked like. All that steel, smoke, oil, I just can't imagine. In my waking dream, I'm swimming beside my daughter. In my nightmares, she's caught in a fisherman's net, waiting to be freed. In my wildest fantasies, I'm a naked cow, and I'm skipping across the fields. You just can't imagine what skipping looks like. In your waking dream, you are a calf, skipping beside your mother, but your mother, who isn't skipping, isn't there. In my wildest fantasy, people like me are not naked, because we're not in fact here. In my nightmares too, people like me no longer exist 
which just comes from you take a walk out of your front door down your residential street into a tree-lined country road chance upon a dairy farm the sign at the entrance to the farm indicates that it cows produce milk for one of the large popular brands you can see one of your large You look in and you see a JCB digger in the yard. You look again and you see a cow with a jaw right down the middle. You look a third and final time. And then you walk on past the dairy farm and the jaw of a JCB digger. And this is neither fantasy nor waking dream. And you laugh because you could never imagine being a cow jaw of a JCB digger. Never imagined sad cow, poor cow, fat cow, old cow, smelly old cow, other cow, dog cow, baby cow, hungry cow, cow walking in a line with other cows, cow attached to another cow, poor cow, old cow, Smelly old cow, chewing cow, milk daily cow, cow impregnated with bacteria, lonely cow, leaves found in food, cow gives birth, mother cow. Cow attached to another pump, sad cow, old cow, Buddha cow, the sacred cow, cattle cow, dairy cow, fist fox cow, deer cow. No goodbye, my cow, no goodbye. Further to head, and deep other a simple cow. The wings are hollow like the Dyson's cow, and in spite of their rigid frame, surprisingly flexible. Chimera lands on the windowsill of the window, spoiling the tongue of a poor old cow. Tongue of a cow clipped by a bird. In the beak of this bird, all the dead goldfish have a trail like the ribbons of a that flies to its nest of dead I'm dreaming. Why are cows flying across the sky in purple cone-shaped bodies? What sound do these cows? Cow skips, cow fights. Cow receives the semen of a prize bull. Cow goes uphill, cow takes a right, out of the barn, out of the farm, onto a residential street, comes across a city. Cow can't imagine. Cow can't imagine there's a place like this. Cow walks. He will learn to skip later, but it all takes the same soil. He skips ahead and never finds it. Cow can't sleep. The grass is gray. Feeling hungry, and you, you, this poor calf and cow walk into a car park and through the doors of a popular brand supermarket. Cow and cow, you wonder why there are so many cows, so few cows. 
time, your home, other houses, those your home, how stop Drink from my there or drop in my I don't know. The cast is cool now. The place is so strange. The smell is too busy filling up her tray. She has things to eat. She knows this place is being she ignores it. Busy mum, tired mum, bored mum, bad mum, good mum, drunk mum, dummy mum, stupid mum, lazy mum, crooked mum, mum you'd like to fuck mum, tired mum, poor old mum. She pushes on, lies for a battery for a buttery battery farm eggs and mature cheddar, milk leaks from her pushes on. You chew on rubber, she buys bacon and white morning rolls. She's hungry. Mm-hmm. Dreaming. Gentle quail, guzzling and guzzling its way to the sanctum and sea. The fantasy this is the nightmare of my microphone. So hard. I was kind. I was lazy. Your mother is a fat cat, but she is kind. Your mother is lazy. She ruminates and regurgitates. Filthy, smelly. And smell and and she embarrasses you in public, like now when nature calls you and she she lifts her tail, pops it, and then senses her bowel. But it's okay. It's just one of hundreds of thousands of parasites being expelled every day. Do the swallowing. Do the. This is not a lie. Can't she control herself? Does she feel no shame at the? Is she not embarrassed? Your mother not tell you it's rude. Cow walks on. Pasta cheeses, milkshakes, yogurt, beer, round the corner and into the next yard. Ah, says you, swallow. Boo, says you. You say boo. Poor cat. Melancholy. Lost. There is shit on her fingers, shit on her boobs, but wait a minute. Don't be such a silly cat. Don't be such a silly cat. You're not a cat. You don't shit in the dairy aisle. You don't chew the cud. You don't fart on purpose. You're not a fat cat. You're not a stupid cat. 
not a greedy cow, you're not how a champion hunter should take you to walk around the corner into the next town. And you wonder now if the dead cow in the jaw of the JCB digger is one of those cows an extra hole, a man-made hole drilled into its side, allowing the scientists, curious child, to reach in at their leisure and feel around, pull out the regurgitated human. Why does the cabinet why does the cabinet hurt? Did your mother not tell you to feed the cabinet? And in your waking dreams, continued, you chance upon a fistulated cat, inert, silent, and repetitive, head low and heavy, udders masticated by liquid and sweat. You wonder why a cat would raise their head up and stare. Still, you Pull the plug and plunge your hand into the unnatural human body. What does it feel like to have your right arm attached to your elbow? Squelchy and weary too. Is this your first time? What if this is the nightmare? What if this porthole grows teeth and bites off your head? Bites off all the family's heads? Bites off all the kitties' uncles? What if this is not a fantasy? Or what if it just gets the laws of gravity and intricacies of gravitation. What if I let a vacuum squeeze your arm in and the only way out is to Then maybe that's just the How is objects as objective? How is objective? How is commodity? How is comedy? I'm going to stop now. <laughs> hey, Carolina, I love your poems. They're so good. Hey, that was awesome. <laughs> And now that I know about the women being called cows, it makes so much more sense. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was a British... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I hadn't got that. Yeah. You know what a JCB digger is? Yeah, it's a, no, one of those... Never, ksh, where, ah, you know, that, like, makes the... Helps you yeah. build things, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I got. When you said bulldozer, that was enough, but I don't know. I have never heard of it before. British make they're all yellow the, the JCB is the name of the company well you said yellow I knew you were talking about <laughs> it's like a farm instrument or something yeah yeah, yeah they just they dig they lift dead cows oh poor cow like is that legit like what they're supposed to do is just no I mean they can yeah, lift and like, dig all kinds of things but yeah, I mean they they, they use them for dairy cows that die of course they're gonna <laughs> How do you pick? Their cows are heavy. <laughs> you pick up a dead cow. Well, I mean, I guess there's other like there are other instruments that like pick shit up. And... I was unaware there was a cow specific. 
no, 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 it's not, it's not cow specific. That's the oh, okay, no, okay, okay. No, 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 it's definitely not. No, it's supposed to be for, that's why it was so weird when I saw it. Like, the farmer had kind of improvised. Uh, we, uh, yeah. we, got, we got a lot of use uh, during the uh, mad cow disease. We had that. I can imagine. A, I, uh, a lot of diggers and cows, yeah. There's a lot of that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was in the UK during the, the mad cow disease, and uh, oh, uh, no, it was it was the hoof and mouth. That was the one, and I remember going to Stonehenge, and you had to actually walk on, you know, straw that was impregnated with uh, some kind of an antiseptic or so to keep from tracking it around somewhere. Uh, oh. It was awful. I wasn't here when it happened, but my parents told me about it, and I, there was just like mountains of cows just being dead. They couldn't kill them, and they burned them. And oh my god. Yeah. Well, you know, they did the same thing in Hong Kong during the bird flu thing. Cowpocalypse. My, the old, white, like, my first world problem with mad cow disease was that my friend was, because of it, my friend in London was unable to send me beef with tomato-flavored hot noodles.